Amen. Just turn to somebody and say, hey, how are you doing? Hi. Good to see you. God bless you. Glad to see you today. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to say to you, we've got bulletins in the back if you want to pick one up. If you need one right now, we've got folks that will give you one. They're right there on the aisle. Also, those that are viewing online, we have a digital copy of the bulletin with all of the information that's contained therein about our church and about what we stand for, what we're doing, what's going on around here, and what we believe about the Bible. This is all great material. And if you are viewing, you can click on or tap on and get the digital version. Once again, I want to thank everybody who has been so faithful in supporting this ministry. I reported in the earlier hour, in the Sunday school hour, that uh, a nationwide total viewership of ministries, that includes those that are in, in uh, person, live in the services as they're conducted, along with those that are viewing, the numbers have picked up so much, attendance is up 40% nationwide. Now that's the upside of the downside of this COVID-19 situation. We've got more people. Now, we need to get everybody back to church. We need to get everybody back to church. Now, listen, if you're viewing, let me tell you, this is the safest place to be. This is the best place to be. Don't listen to the ungodly tell you that it's the worst place. It's the best place you can be. How many of you are thanking God you're healthy? Say amen. 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 All right. So we got a good amen. And uh, I'd like to invite you on back. And if you are one of our new viewers, you've... Uh, you've just started viewing or you've been watching and you haven't been in our church before, this is a friendly place. It's like coming home. And you get people, they, they want to talk and they want to enjoy each other's fellowship. So we thank God for your faithfulness. We invite you back. Those that have been giving, thank you so much for your faithful giving. You've been bringing your tithes and offerings and dropping them off and mailing them in. Also, we have special love offering envelopes. We have we have completed, during this COVID time, four complete missionary projects. It's unthinkable. The giving has been so good that we have completed, by the grace of God, four complete missions projects during this time. That's way above any, what anybody could imagine. And we're on our fifth. We don't, the Lord has not revealed to us what this next project is, but you can start giving to the next project, and that is... Uh, so appreciated. Well, thank you for coming today. And um, on your bulletin, it says, God said it. God said it. Now, God doesn't call you up on the phone, and God doesn't send you a telegram, and God doesn't send uh, coded messages, you know, through the, uh, through the television set. If you think that is the case, and I'd say stay on your medication, okay? Don't change... Don't change your medication, all right? I mean, you get on med medication, please. Um, God speaks to us through the Word, through the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. Would you hold your Bibles up? I've got two of them up here. Actually, I've got several on the platform. I've got this old one that's just literally falling apart, so we've got it taped up, and I've got this newer one, and I'm trying to get used to using... They're, they're both King James Bibles, but it's, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to let go of the old one, you know? All right, now, if you believe it, say it. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. There are no mistakes in the Bible. And God helping me, I'm going to try to obey it. Amen. That is so true. Uh, we have been told by O.S. Hawkins. He's a, he's a great preacher's preacher. The great God-blessed churches in the world today have one common characteristic. You know what it is? Well, they got some young, good-looking preacher. No. 
That's not it. No, the, the one thing that all the great churches in the world today have in common is an insistence upon the exposition of the Word of God. Getting the Bible into our life. That's it. That's it. That same passage of Scripture where we were reading in Psalm 119, even though it's not our text, there's 100, 176 verses there. Verse number 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I like that word settled. I like that word settled. Nothing worse than feeling unsettled. I like having things settled. If uh, things are up in the air, you say, well, we haven't settled it yet. We haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't finalized it yet. I like things to be settled. And God's Word is settled forever in heaven. Before there ever was a creation, God's Word was established in heaven. And God prepared all the people who would come along and He would speak to and would move by the Holy Spirit to write down the very words that are in heaven. That's one of the great miracles of this Bible. The Bible that we have wasn't made up by people. The Bible that we have came from heaven. It's settled forever. That's eternity past to eternity future. And God prepared a Moses to write the first five books. And God prepared John to write five books in the New Testament. And God prepared Peter to write two books. And God prepared James to write a book. And Jude to write a book. And Paul to write 13 or 14 if you think he wrote Hebrews. It doesn't say. But a lot of people think that 13th chapter of Hebrews looks like Paul so if you want to believe that he wrote that, we'll find out when we get to heaven. But 13 or 14 books of the New Testament, think about that, the Apostle Paul. But God prepared these people so that when the Holy Spirit moved upon them, they would write down the very words that are already in heaven. Now, I don't want to have my life guided by what may or may not be true. I want my life to be guided by what I absolutely know is true. The Bible is absolute truth. So it's settled forever in heaven. Now there's some folks who unfortunately think that's the only place it is. So they're all the time kind of wondering what the Word of God says. And so what they do is they hire somebody out of seminary who knows Greek and Hebrew to try to explain to them what God is saying. May I just say to you, if you have a very basic reading ability, you can know and do the will of God because you can read it in the Bible for yourself. Say, preacher, you just put yourself out of work. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because I believe somebody's got to stand up and say all those other guys who are telling you that you need them in order to know what God wants you to know, I'm telling you they're wrong. You can know what God wants you to know from the Word of God. How many of you have experienced that? Say amen. Come on. That's it. Are you listening to me? You can know the will of God. The will of God is in the Word of God. So get into the Word until the Word gets into you. Amen. 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 The Word of God is settled in heaven. It's settled on earth. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus said, My words will never pass away. So it's settled. It's absolutely settled. And I believe it's settled in this, this one right here, the one I'm holding in my hands. Now some preachers will tell you, well, once upon a time, God had His Word written down, but we've lost it now, and we've got to just kind of guess at it or try to figure out what it said. No, you don't. The one I'm holding in my hands right now, this is alive. This is alive. The Word of God is quick, alive, and powerful, 
and sharper than a two-edged sword. How many of you believe that? Say amen. Amen. Now, turn to somebody and explain that to them. Tell them the Bible's alive. Come on, turn to somebody right now. The Bible is alive. The Bible is true. The Bible is real. You want to know what to do? You want to know what to think? You want to know how to behave? You want to know how to, how to deal with your problems? Where do you find it? In the Bible. In the Word of God. Amen? That's it. So it's settled in heaven. It's settled on earth. Now, here's where it really needs to get settled. I'm not done yet. It needs to get settled in your heart. In your life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, that which is settled in heaven, that's settled on earth, that's not going to pass away, needs to get settled in my heart and life so that when people who are wondering which way to go, they can get settled. When people look at you and they look at me, they can get settled. That's what this is all about. So God said it. I like this. This is good. This is one of my favorite places to be, standing in the pulpit, talking to you about my favorite subject, the Lord who gave us His Word and didn't keep it a secret. It's not a secret. It's a, it's a truth that can be known. You can know the Word of God. You can know God through the Word. You can know God's will through His Word. Jesus was in the wilderness. He was being tempted of the devil. He was led there of the Holy Spirit. The, the devil didn't drag Jesus out in the wilderness and give him a hard time. Jesus went out into the wilderness, led of the Spirit of God, and he fasted for 40 days, and then he was tempted of the devil. And the devil said, do this, do this, do this. And he tempted him to use his power as God outside of the will of God, the perfect will of God. And Jesus answered, said, it's on the front of your bulletin. It is written, that's the book of Deuteronomy. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Say every word. Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So we're not talking about the ideas of God. We're talking about the words of God. We're not talking just about the message because the ideas and the message, as important as they are, are specific in the form of words. The Word of God. The Word of God. Yes, I believe in revelation, inspiration, illumination, <laughs> preservation, but most important is application. When I get the Word of God in my life, it transforms me. It changes me. I'm not what I ought to be, but thank God I'm not, I was not. I'm not what I was back yonder. Amen for that. Young girl was asked, Who's preaching brought you to Christ? Now, George Mueller, the great prayer warrior in Bristol, England, gives this illustration. Young girl was asked, Who's preaching brought you to Christ? And the little girl said, It wasn't anybody's preaching. It was Aunt Mary's practicing. Amen. How many of you know somebody like that whose life is the Word of God lived out? Come on. How many of you know somebody like that? How many of you, God helping you, you want to be that way for other people? Come on, put your hands up. You are in the right place. You are in, first of all, you're in the house of God. And you're in a, a, a church setting with people who absolutely believe there are no mistakes in the Bible. You can take this. You can take this, believe this, and live this, and praise the Lord. I've got hundreds of books in my library about the issue of the Bible. But one has just come out. I want to recommend. And I don't get any money off of this. So you out there, I want you to look this up. Jack McElroy. Which Bible would Jesus use? Now that's a book. If there ever was a book on the Bible, that's it. And he... 
He covers all the phony questions that critics of the Word of God, people that don't believe you can actually hold the Bible, the Word of God in your hands, people that are critical of that, they come up with questions like, all right, so that's the King James 1611. Where was the Bible before 1611? Actually, they don't want to know the answer. They don't want to hold the Bible in their hands now. And if they lived in some other period of time, they wouldn't want to hold the Bible in their hands then. These are the kind of people that just want to cause problems and cause arguments, and that's it. There are many, many misleading questions. The, the question that has to be answered based on what we've got today, this and hundreds of other of pretending Bibles, which Bible would Jesus use if Jesus came in here like He went in His hometown synagogue and He stood up for to read? How many of you remember that? Luke chapter 4. Alright, if He came in here today, which Bible would He pick up to read? That is the question. This book by Jack McElroy addresses that question. I'm going to address that question this morning. I believe without any equivocation that God has provided His Word so that you can have it and keep it and live by it. God said it. He means what He says. He says what He means. And so should we. How can we be confident and live for God in an effective way where we'll be pleasing Him and we'll have joy and satisfaction and peace in our life? How can we possibly do that if we have questions about God's ability to give us and keep His Word? God has given us His Word. He keeps His Word. The Word of God has not been lost. And just like the Bible says, let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Because God said it, that settles it. Amen and amen. Now you've got to be careful what you do say because you get quoted. You know, I've been preaching now on YouTube and I've been quoted on the internet. And here's a quote I found from February 24th. Some of you may remember it. God gives us grace for tough love and to be able to do right according to His Word. I said that. That's up on YouTube. That's posted. Now that's good because that's biblical. God gives us grace for tough love and to be able to do right according to His Word. If we're going to stand up for the truth, not everybody's going to like what we say. We don't have to try to be nasty because the truth that sets us free will also separate some from others. The truth is a divider, a two-edged sword. It's going to cut right through there. Someone has said, and I said this too, 2019 I said this. Someone has said, inspiration without perspiration leads to frustration and stagnation. Hey, I like that. <laughs> we need to put the Word of God into action, amen? Inspiration without perspiration leads to frustration and stagnation. So let's work and study hard and do our best for Jesus. Amen, preacher. I said it, I said a mouthful, and I absolutely meant it. God's Word is changing us from the inside out. Back in the uh, 19th century, the 1800s, one of my favorite preachers I love to read after was a, a preacher from Brooklyn. His name was T. DeWitt Talmadge, and he said, I like the Bible folded between lids of cloth or calfskin or Morocco leather, but I like it better when the Bible is in the shape of a man or woman. It goes out into the world and lives the truth. It is a Bible illustrated. How about that? He said a mouthful right there. Amen. D.L. Moody said, where 
where uh, one man reads the Bible, a hundred people will read you and me. They're going to check us out. They're going to see if we are the truth, if we are telling the truth. So all those facts that you have in your bulletin right now about the books of the Old and New Testament, the, the chapters and the number of verses and so forth, all of those things are important, but they're only as important as we read them, believe them, and apply them in our life. That's how important they are. From the beginning, it was absolutely paramount that God communicate with man His will. Man needed to understand some things about God. He needed to understand some things about himself. People today who, who don't believe the Bible yet, they haven't come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, as a result of their living in this world, they've got questions. And one of those questions is, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? All of those basic questions in life are answered in the Word of God. We are creatures. We are created by God with a purpose, with a design. God didn't put anybody here by accident. God didn't have anybody slip through His fingers. Oh, you're here. I didn't know. I didn't keep track of you. God knows our address. God knows your thought patterns. God knows you better than you know yourself. And God has a reason for your being here right now. And God wants you to learn that reason and fulfill that purpose for His glory. There is no question that is not addressed in the Bible. Every question is addressed in the Bible that needs an answer. Not only is the Word of God inspired, but it is preserved. So there is no worry about it losing its... its uh, uh, veracity, it's virility, it's, it's got a shelf life. And that shelf life is for eternity. It will not pass away. What kind of a God would give us His Word and say, oh, I'm sorry, it passed away? No, 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 it's still good. It still makes a difference. It still, it still changes lives and hearts. And just this week, we've talked to people whose lives have been miraculously transformed because of the power of God. And it wasn't anything that they did or anything they worked up. It wasn't that they were extraordinary. It's that God is extraordinary. And His Word is extraordinary. And His will is perfect. God wants your life to fit His perfect plan so that you might have all the benefits, the blessings of this world and the world to come. God wants to bless your life. He wants to use you to touch the lives of other people. May I, may I just challenge you right now. You are not an island. God wants you to influence other people. Leadership is well defined as influence. Influence. You influence somebody. Whether you think much of yourself or not. Whether you throw one of those little fits of humility and you say, Oh, I don't touch anybody's life. I don't make a difference. Somebody's watching your life. Somebody sees you. Somebody listens to you. You influence people. You do have leadership potential. Knowing that we have always stood on the Bible as being literally true from cover to cover, every word of it, there's no part of it that's not true. When people approach it with an open heart, you understand every bit of it is inspired. And when we take it in its proper context, when we rightly divide the word of truth, it makes perfectly good sense. And it helps us through the, the rough times of life and, and gives us that, that, uh, that shine, that sheen of grace in our life. And God, God wants you to have, He wants you to shine for Him. He wants you to make a difference in people's lives. But because it's been known from the beginning that we have stood upon the authority of the Bible, 
the world, the flesh, and the devil trying to trip us up and trying to get us to doubt the veracity, the, the truth of the Word of God. The liberals have thrown this thing out and it's been swallowed hook, line, and sinker by those who claim to be evangelical. And this is what they, this is what they say. Well, only the originals were inspired and we've lost those. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, what hope is there for us? If I can't hold God's very words in my hand, what hope is there for us? How can I know God's will? Somebody over here might say, well, I interpret it this way. I interpret it that way. I interpret it that way. And you've got a million interpretations, but do you have the truth? There are 5,000 manuscripts. They are, in some cases, whole books and portions, chapters and so forth of, of books. And these manuscripts are ancient. They go back. But the vast majority are in agreement. And the only English Bible that is based upon that pile of the majority of manuscripts is the King James Bible. The old King James Bible. You say, do you enjoy reading those these and thous and speaketh and, and you know, the ETH endings and all that? Uh, it doesn't bother me a bit. Once you understand that this is from the right source, all the other Bibles are not based upon the same source. You say, oh, they're just translated differently. No, they're based on a different source entirely. If you have, if you have two streams and one is coming out of a questionable beginning, let's say it's kind of murky, do you want to drink out of that? Of course not. doesn't matter how many things you do to it if it's got a questionable source. But over here we have a stream that is the vast majority of all the manuscripts upon which only the King James Bible in the English is based. Therefore, therefore, I've got God's Word. And if some of the words of your Bible are wrong, why would I trust any of them? If you say this one would be better translated, that one would be better translated, why would you trust any of them? Why would you trust the part that says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Period. Now, I don't know how many ways you can mistranslate that, but I'm sure it has been. But let's suppose that that's in your Bible, but the rest of it is kind of murky. How can you trust the part that tells you how to get to God? How can you trust the part that tells you how to get to heaven? I'm holding my hands the one that is absolutely Trustworthy, no matter what. No matter what. Somebody has said that the Bible is so deep and so broad and so wide that it is inexhaustible. And that is true. It is impossible for one person in their lifetime, if you spent 24-7 in the Word of God, you would still not be able to take in all of the Word of God and thus exhaust it. It's an, it's an impossibility. There are many things that we have produced as human beings that, that will run out sooner or later. But thousands of years of study of this book has not in any way exhausted the truth thereof. It's absolutely true. And it proves again that the Word of God is definitely perfect and it's what makes my way perfect <clears throat> according to the book of Psalms. In this one book are the two most interesting personalities in the whole world, according to Fulton Osler. He says, those two most important personalities, as far as you're concerned, are God and you. The Bible is the story of God and man who is God's creature. It is a love story 
in which you and I get to write our own ending, our unfinished autobiography, that relationship between the creature and the Creator. You get to decide. You get to make the choice. That's why the old song that's in the gold hymnal, the black book that we have, I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible, the light on my pathway to shine. It keeps me so happy, always so happy. God's wonderful book, divine. May I ask you a question right now? Are you pleased? Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Do you have the peace of God in your life? Are you unsettled? You see, God's Word is what? It's settled. Where is it settled? In heaven. Where is it settled? On earth. Where should it be settled? In your heart. And if it's settled in your heart, then it should be helping other folks come to the truth as well. That sheen of grace that we're talking about. That shine of the Lord coming out of your life and out of my life. That's because of application. That's because it makes all the difference in the world what we believe about this Bible. If I thought for one second there was a mistake in the Bible, well, I'd go get myself an honest job instead of preaching what I didn't truly believe. This book tells me of itself that it's like a fire. It's like a hammer. Yes, it is. It's like a mirror. It's like meat. It's like milk. It's like a drink of cool water. It's all the things that our soul would ever need. Everything that you would ever desire on the spiritual level. The world, the flesh, and the devil will trot out all of the things that will supposedly take the place of God's perfect will. And none of those things satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only the Word of God can fill your life. Only the Word of God can transform you and change you because the Word of God is like the fire, like the hammer, like the mirror, like the drink of water, like the meat, like the milk, all those things, like the sword that cuts both ways. No. If I didn't believe every word of this book, I'd go get myself an honest job instead of trying to tell people that somewhere in here, if you look hard enough and long enough, and you listen to enough people, read enough books, maybe you might discover the will of God. Wrong. Wrong. Let me give you an example right now. Just opened it up. See? In the old place. <clears throat> it's Isaiah chapter 12. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, what day? Future day. Prophetic day. O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. What does that show us? That we've done something to displease God, but God has done something to reverse it, make it better. Amen? Behold, God is my salvation. There it is. It's cleared up. I can't save myself. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. And I just opened it up. And, and I got my hand on two Bibles. I'm not lying. I just opened it up. You can open the Word of God anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. It says... Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, a demon, blind and dumb, and he healed him, inasmuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is, is not this the son of David? Jesus Christ is in the physical line of David. 
He was born into this world of a virgin without sin, but He is the Son of God also, and He has power over demons, and He gives us authority as well. I can open it anywhere, anywhere. It's all true. It's all true. We used to have uh, our preacher students get up and preach. We had five-minute preaching. I'd sit down in the front row. My wife will remember this. And guys would get up, and they would walk into the pulpit, and they would try to do like they'd seen me do. And I told, I've told everybody who's trained under me, preacher, I've said, don't, don't try to be a knockoff of what I am. Don't try to imitate me. Don't try to say it the way I say it or do it the way I do it. But, you know, they would do it. And they would, they would walk up here and they would start preaching as they were coming up here. And they would get the Bible and they put it down and they'd start to preach. On more than one occasion, they'd start to preach and say, wait a minute, that's not where I meant to be. And I would sit down there and wouldn't I say, it's all right. Go ahead from right where you are. It's all good. It's all God's Word. It's all true. You can't find anything in the Bible that's not true. You can't find anything in this book that's not good. You can't find anything in this book that won't help you, that won't transform your life. Please don't say to me, I don't have a seminary or a Bible college education because as good as that may be in its place, that will not take the place of a heart that's on fire for God and somebody that's filled with the Spirit of God. I would much rather listen to somebody who is fresh out the gate, just taking the Word of God. They're on fire. They're preaching with the filling of the Holy Spirit than listen to somebody that's got so much education, you kind of forget what they're talking about in the middle of what they're talking about. Come on now. You and I, we all understand what I'm talking about today. We need reality. It doesn't get any more real than this right here. This is reality. The truth of God's Word. This is how you're going to raise your families. This is how you're going to raise your kids and your grandkids for God. This book right here. That's it. This is how you're going to make sure your kids get the right education. Man, they got education up in the air. I wasn't going to say anything about it, but got education up in the air. What's going to happen this fall? Let me tell you, stay in the book. Stay in the Word of God. Raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's the most important thing. That's the constant thing. Let them know there is a God in heaven who loves them. They're safe. They're protected. God's hand is upon them. God will give them wisdom. God will give them guidance and direction and light in their life. That's more important than anything else. That's more important than all the money they might make in a lifetime, than all the position that they might gain in a lifetime, all the prestige that they might have from people in various quarters. This is more important than anything. Get the Word of God in your kids, your grandkids. Get the Word of God in your life. Get the Word of God in your business transactions. Get the Word of God in your marriage. Get the Word of God in your friendships and your relationships. That's more important than anything. People are saying, oh, the nation is divided. You know what will bring the nation back together? This book right here. We need an old-fashioned, Holy Ghost, heaven-sent revival in this nation. You can take all your politics and sweep them over there. You can take all of your opinions and sweep them over there. And you take the Word of God and go right down the middle, and I guarantee you it will, it will cause folks to come together. It will cause this nation to be what it ought to be. This nation will not be great because of politics or opinions. This nation will be great only when we acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now! I'm telling you the truth. I'm not against politics. I'm not against opinions. But I'm telling you... When everything else is gone, when it's burned to the ground, I'm going to tell you right now, the Word of God will stand. The Word of God is settled where? In heaven. Where else is it settled? 
on earth. And where should it be settled? In your heart. So that others might find the truth and know it. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed. And how many of you today would say, Preacher, something in the message, something in the Word of God spoke to my heart today. Slip your hand up high. Let me see. Come on, come on. Put your hand up. God spoke to your heart. God bless you. That's good. I want you to know that everything is real that I've said today. It's true. It's from the Word of God. It will last for eternity. And it will help you through the problems that you're going through right now. How many of you would say, Preacher, I'm facing... You don't have to tell me what it is. And I'm not going to come back there and ask you. I'm facing some challenges or some problems in my life. And I need answers from the Lord. Put your hands up. Come on. I'm facing some challenges, some problems in my life. I need answers from the Lord. Amen. You go to God. You go directly to God. You ask Him to guide you. You ask for the Spirit of God through the Word of God to guide you. He will guide you into all truth. How many of you today would say, I know somebody or I, a loved one, a friend, a family member really needs what you're talking about today? Put your hand up high. Come on. Really need it. Really need it. Really need it. Amen. Amen. Won't you share with your loved one, your friend, your family member? Amen. While our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you do not know that heaven is your home, if you're not positive beyond any doubt that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, if you could not answer the question, do you know for sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven with a yes answer, then right now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you pray from your heart to God? Pray something like this. Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now, I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. As my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins. And take me to heaven when I die. And take me to heaven when I die. The heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you just prayed that prayer... From your heart to God, and you meant it. Would you slip your hand up right now so I can see it? Put your hand up high. 